Write That Down, hosted by Jacob Novak and myself, Nate Ulrich. This is a podcast where two everyday creative people try to break through the noise and do creative things. Today, our friend Sam Worley joins us to talk about impactful experiences we've had in music. We reminisce on memories of our performances together and go in-depth about the effect music has had on our creative process. So, let's get into it. Alrighty, welcome everyone. We have a dear friend on the show, Sam Worley, uh, and we thought he was the perfect guest to talk about impactful experiences in music. So, Jacob Novak and I, we would like to welcome Sam uh, to the show, and we want to hear everything that you have to bring about your wonderful music career. Now, we understand that music <laughs> is a very important part of uh, the world that we live in, in the creative world, and mm-hmm. so can you tell us a little bit about that? Tell us a little bit about yourself, what you're doing, and then we'll jump right into the rest of the show. Sure. Starting off just with me and music as it has been relevant to my existence. Oh, yes, absolutely. I think we should start right there. And if that's too deep, yeah. you could uh, give a little bit about yourself uh, because you know, Jacob and I, we know you better than most people. Uh, and uh, I think it's important that we start a little easier stuff like first name, last name type stuff. <laughs> sure. And then we move on to existence. That's right. <laughs> yes. There we are. Uh, as you've mentioned, I am Sam Worley indeed. I've Known these two for some time now. I graduated with the both of them from Juniata two years back now. I've since popped over to Spain for almost a year on a Fulbright before COVID kicked me back here. And I'm now sort of figuring out grad school and moving forward. Mm -hmm. All throughout which my relationship to music has continued to evolve. And that really began... I suppose from a pretty early age, I've had a lot of musical people surrounding me all my life, really. Both my grandfathers uh, were slash are musicians. Uh, One played violin for years. Uh, The other, my mom's dad, who's still around and I see a bunch, uh, played trumpet for a lot of his years growing up and was on a voice scholarship at Gettysburg College back in the day. And Mm. he's definitely one of the foundational musical interests, uh, influences rather, in my life. Along with my mom and her brother, who he's got his own band and in the normal state of the world tours around doing things sometimes. But yeah, so I've, I've had a lot of music going on around me from the beginning. Sure. Um, including from my dad, who can't can't tell one pitch from the next on the piano, which is higher, but he listens to more music than the rest of us. So that was <laughs> definitely influencing my my early listening years. But I started out probably five or six. I think I took piano mm-hmm. for two years, which I really wish now that I'd kept up with. But <laughs> at, the, at the time, yeah, seriously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the time, I was ready raring to go to move on to trumpet um yeah yeah louder I, better you know just <laughs> yeah the the trumpet player's hand spoken like a true trumpet player yeah. hi i, I play right. higher faster and louder than you do oh yeah but yeah and i i stuck with that for well from what third grade through college basically i have 
mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. kept up as much as I would have liked the past couple of years, but still down yeah. there, still pull it out from time to time, looking for an excuse to play a little more there. Make noise. Yeah. Yeah. That that um, trumpet has been my main main ride through music for most of it. I've right. played in band and marching band all throughout high school, and and of course. Ye old premier wind ensemble at Junior. Oh, yes, <laughs> of Shout course. Out. See, and then, of course, when we got you into jazz. Yeah, 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 yeah jazz. Yeah, well. yeah so it, we have some really cool relationships that built. Of course, we can talk about all this in a little bit. But uh, mm-hmm. as a group, the three of us, uh, we experienced, I think, two years of, uh, at least for me, I was two years at Junietta College. And I think we had two years of band uh, jazz band and one year of choir together. So, so we've sort of had a, a couple of condensed, but really important years for us. And for me, those years, although may not be, were not the most challenging in the music that I've created or made mm-hmm. or, or groups I was with were, were more formative in my relationships with you guys and my relationships in music, as well as how it helps formulate other creative endeavors in my life yeah yeah I, I mean as sam as you're telling that story i it it's, sounds very familiar to me because i also grew up <laughs> being around a largely musical family my mm-hmm. grandpa was a music teacher and then my uncle was a music teacher and you know my dad and my other uncle uh were also uh, heavily involved with music and then on my mom's side of the family they were all involved with music and my brother's a music teacher and my other brother also is in the the music uh industry doing drum corps stuff and then you know i do oh, whatever nice. i do um <laughs> but yeah growing up around there and and then picking up trombone and, and just always being in that environment uh it's funny that you bring up nate the the idea of it not being the most challenging uh you know at least in, uh <laughs> instrumentally uh right. like yes that wasn't instrumentally really, that's important yeah because uh probably up through high school i was doing marching band and and mm-hmm. wind symphony and and the cleveland youth wind symphony shout out for like i think i did two years <laughs> uh that was probably like the most involved i was with instrumental music uh, and the most playing time and just practice I got on a daily basis. And it definitely right. cut down once I got to college, but it was still uh, my college music experiences were probably the most involved in terms of relationship building and mm-hmm. uh, just the, the sense of community within uh, a group, both in uh, our smaller sections uh, of low brass or, or just brass in general in Junietta, Wind Symphony, Orchestra, what have you. Uh, and then especially mm-hmm. in, in concert choir, uh, there is a lot of, yes. you know, the relationships built around there that, that were really mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. The relationships mm-hmm. that really make the music uh, meaningful. Exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's getting closer to the broader existence stuff, <laughs> right. so... Right, yeah. right. Well, and then to for a little bit more about myself, and then we can continue. Uh, not many people know this. Uh, maybe they do, but when I, you know, I played a lot of a lot of trumpet in 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 junior high and high school, and I wasn't a standout player until I went to a a summer a summer session. Right, I had mm. summer lessons that they offered, and I, I took it for one one summer, and that was during a really 
developmental phase of my trumpet playing. And, and that one summer somehow propelled me past the other trumpet players uh, the next year. And, and mm-hmm. the, the music instructor and everyone, they, they, they knew that and they heard it. And I, I didn't understand that, but I guess that just playing through the summer, having those chops build up is huge as a brass player. Yeah. And that propelled me. I mean, that was a huge summer for me. And of course I'm like 15. I don't understand how important this is, but that summer ended up directing me to college and ended up doing a lot of things because the first, the first two years of my college, I was on a music scholarship at a school. Mm-hmm. I wasn't a music major, but I had, I was getting money to play the trumpet and I, and, and that's mind blowing that like me, <laughs> like what? <laughs> and then, and then of course, and those were yeah. the most challenging musical, like literally some of the most challenging things. Cause you know, the practice is insane. It was, it was like being on a sports team, but not having the glory and fans cheering you on, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, yes, you have that at a concert, but it's a little different. Like, right. Oh yeah. And so, uh, you can't hit it, a game winning three at a choir concert or it, whatever. Exactly. <laughs> unless, unless you're a trumpet player and you get a solo. Exactly. Oh yeah. Or it's you just hit, hit like a high screaming B flat that's at, right. Right at the end that's of the song. Right. Yeah. Right, right. And then, yeah. of course, that's jazz, and I love jazz, and, and we were all in jazz band together, so I hope that we can start mm-hmm. to reminisce on some stories uh, of jazz <laughs> and stuff like that. But uh, So I think we, we started talking about this a little bit, but we want to really get the, the, the togetherness factor of music. And so, Sam, uh, yeah. we were in choir for one year, and that was a, that was a huge time commitment, but it was a really wonderful time, awesome friends. But there Absolutely. are other aspects of music and togetherness uh, and I'm, we're wondering what that means to you yeah i've found that togetherness factor of music to be relevant in different ways both within the larger ensembles you feel that essence of, of being a part of this massive moving time sensitive phenomenon that demands togetherness of you in order to function properly which is an experience that outside of team sports and musical ensembles like that it's not necessarily something you encounter every day unless you're involved in something that is expressly of that nature and there's a lot that you can learn from that and it's a pretty uniquely cool experience to just be part of it and feel all those interactions and then within that there's also the togetherness that comes of Nate sitting next to you in wind ensemble and just <laughs> screwing around and trying yeah. to make sure we're counting correctly and just the, can, the, can yeah. we make it clear? Can we make it clear that between the three of us, I think Sam, you counted the most. Jacob <laughs> just had enough musical knowledge to know when other people were playing, it was time to play, and then I was just hoping. <laughs> that we were in the right spot right yeah yeah i was because, i was just about to bring up the, those stories of us three in orchestra oh my at, 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 at juniata in orchestra it was the string instruments that were inherently part of the group and then they would request mm. wind players right. depending on what right. songs they were playing that semester and so we weren't the focal point really for oh, any yeah. any songs so we'd be sitting <laughs> but we there were for like, we were the trumpet players we, we were the brass section good of course we we saw, like, yeah. oh we said <laughs> yeah i was just the trombone yeah. player holding it down uh that's right yeah. and yeah. counting you know. yeah. Yeah. yeah but but we would have just like 90 measures of rest 
during this oh. piece and mm-hmm. <laughs> just be like trying to listen and count and be like, okay, I'd look over and just side eye with Sam, be like, measure 48, measure 48. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> just trying to figure and then, it out, and, and then the conductor's looking at you and is like this, and you're yeah. you're ready to go, and 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 oh man, I'm surprised that I did not get in trouble more often, but you guys were wonderful. I mean, we came in most. I think 95 percent of the time we came in correctly. Yeah, we had our stuff Usually, together. Yeah, we, we, yeah. yeah. Wow. Then. So yeah, the togetherness—that's a big factor. <laughs> yeah. Or 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 and, sorry, or we'd be counting, and then at measure 80 of 90. Uh, Professor O'Brien would cut us off to work on something oh. and be like, okay, so that oh, was all for nothing. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, my. Yeah. Man, but, I don't know if we have yeah. any mus- uh, musical listeners, but I hope there's some people out there smiling and, and understanding <laughs> no, that. That's, who can appreciate that? Is, they've that. been in very yeah. similar situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah. Wow. And then beyond that, I've had two experiences involving a sort of different feeling of, of musical togetherness and those were playing uh with one of my brother's bands he had several groups mm-hmm. that sort of modulated throughout high school and he had me playing in trumpet on one that ended up recording a small album and that was a really hmm. more focused tight all right the togetherness between us is really the essential part of what is here it's it's strictly necessary and you've got to figure out how to achieve and maintain that togetherness and really fine tune it in a way that mm-hmm. at least the way I approached larger ensembles in, in my time, which is not by any means advisable or commendable, was that, eh, you know, someone misses a note here. What does it matter? Who's going <laughs> to notice? You're fine. But when there are five of you, right? Yep. it's just so yep. people are going to notice. And yep, yep, yep. That was the same with with freaking butt in. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know if you were going to bring it up. Our, our little, oh, our little the band of the band. century. The band, yes, indeed. Oh man, um, that was that was less less serious. A lot of lighthearted fun, but still, yeah. you, you're you're the five six people there. You got to pull everything together, and you're in it together for the experience and and the outcome to the audience. Now, which, uh, just for the listeners who. Might not be aware. What was yeah. freaking butt? <laughs> freaking butt was a, what? How many of us were there? Should really get this correct and not. Well, we had guests who would come in we and play did. with us. I think. I think real full tech situation. Six, six of us. Six of us. Uh, yeah. Two trumpet players, a drummer, a guitarist, and a bass and a piano. Yes. Yeah. There you go. That was that was the core structure. College music stuff is fun. I mean, it's it's. There's nothing like it. There's nothing like it. And that it. that in particular really brought out, you know, going growing up being in in school bands throughout. The directors would always say, "Remember, make sure that this performance is the best you can make it, because you never know for someone in the audience how right. special it may be to them." And that's something that, as a seventh grade kid playing mm-hmm. to other people's grandparents that you don't know you're like yeah okay but when you're there standing on top of a couch with five of your friends and the rest of your friends are all there shouting singing along that really emphasizes the impact and experience from the audience's point of view and right yeah that just feeds the energy of it all yeah for, for me i I think a lot of, I mean, I I don't want to breeze past the connections I made in high school through like marching band or right. doing musicals and things like that because that that really was a huge community 
mm-hmm. going on there. Uh, you know, the, yeah. there's nothing quite like the cast of, you know, Little Shop of Horrors junior year where it's 20 odd people who some of them I see on a daily basis, but others I really only see for there. And, but you just like build that connection. Uh, and so as you're circling up Mm -hmm. for the last show, you know, having that, that sense of together, this there, uh, is really important. And obviously a lot of my high school friends, uh, we, you know, we're all in marching band together and that, and we Mm -hmm. were all leaders for that togetherness, had a lot of fun together and Mm -hmm. things like that. Yeah. But I, I think of really the first time for me where that sense of togetherness, like made me emotional during music. Mm. Um, I remember freshman year. I knew that we were good, the Junietta College Concert Choir freshman year, uh, but it was my fall semester, so I had never been in a performance with them. It was all just rehearsals and mm-hmm. hanging out with them between classes and things like that. Uh, but there is a song that we did uh, called In Remembrance. It was accompanied by Dr. Bukowski on the piano uh, and Adam Rothstein on the uh on the French horn, just killing it, who was oh. also in choir with us and, and you two may may or may not remember. Um, hmm. But when we were rehearsing that piece for the first time in the auditorium where we would actually be performing it, there was a moment where hmm. I just got so emotional because it was just a huge chord <laughs> oh, yeah. that just struck out and it, and it, it really hit me. And, and then that feeling just came to me a lot throughout performing some of those songs in choir. Uh, and as you mentioned, Sam, the idea of that this this performance could affect someone out there tonight. You you just might never know. You know, there's another mm-hmm. song we sang called Remember Me uh, that I specifically remember freshman year. We us performing and then looking out and seeing a bunch of glossy eyed faces uh, and, and mm-hmm. things like that. And yeah, the that sense of of creating that moment together is something that really i think drove us in uh choir especially uh just to to keep working uh on Mm -hmm. our performance Mm -hmm. wow yeah those moments are special and they being singing in front of a group of people is different right it is it adds its Mm -hmm. own adrenaline it adds its own thing one of the things that i remember uh, we were sitting in Baker. I don't know if you two were at the table. We were sitting in Baker, uh, and we were probably we were seniors in college. We knew our time together was running, coming to an end in the college atmosphere. Pro- I think I don't know if you guys were there, but there were a couple other choir people, and we just started we just started singing in in Baker, which is the the market the the food uh, cafeteria, and the, it it was starting to close, and people were starting to to clean up, and we were just we just was harmonizing and. And the person uh, was cleaning up underneath our table. Do you remember this, Jacob? Were you there? They were cleaning I up underneath this. the table. Yeah, yeah. we were because we were working on some uh, barbershop stuff that semester. Yes, yes. And uh, yes. which sounds incredibly nerdy, and it is. But barbershop doesn't get enough credit. <laughs> oh, I will die on this it's hill. It's fun. Um, it's fun. It's, it's more than what you assume of it. Uh, but we were just doing some stuff for fun, and, and so we were just harmonizing, doing our like warm up. I think it just was uh-huh. right. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and then just the yeah, the guy just with the broom and dustpan is like, man, you guys are sounding good. <laughs> Remember that, yeah, so good. And then and then we look up after uh, up from the table, we we realize we're the last ones in the in the place. We got to go. And I think directly after that, we went direct. We went to the stairwell. And let me tell mm. you, 
when you when you yeah. have some good singers who can harmonize the, the famous in the stairwell, stairwell of yeah oh my goodness that i i think i cried like we were singing just a, a warm up har- or like harmony and like it was tears in my eyes cuz it was emotional these was the last time i was going to do this with my buddies in college but also it was so beautiful right these noises that like work together what how weird is that there's another memory uh, a little bit of nostalgia from we went on a tour in Germany for concert choir and orchestra was uh, uh, also on the tour with us. We kind of did a half and half uh, performance deal. Uh, and there was a moment uh, just as we were doing touristy things like going to cathedrals and things like that. Uh, I We went to a place, I believe it was just called the Dome, mm-hmm. I believe. And, and we just sang a, a piece there by Ola Yelo called The Ground. Uh, just in a circle around the dome. It wasn't our best performance, obviously, because we were like 10 feet apart from each other, so we had trouble hearing each other. But there's a video of it, and it still sounds all right. And it was, But it was just a cool moment to be a part of. And I think those moments in our music career gave us uh, a lot of skills that could adapt well into really anything uh, because so much of what we were doing in in band and choir especially choir is just singing and and listening to one another and trying to to Mm -hmm. uh be on the same wavelength uh and so Mm -hmm. that sense of togetherness really translates into kind of i guess we were talking about uh soft skills before this podcast uh of just the ability to adapt and, and listen to to one another to to create the best product possible is that a stretch no, I don't think no, so. I, don't, I don't think so. No, I, I, I'm interested to hear what <laughs> Sam has to say. But to to add on to that, Jacob, the folks listening to this podcast and per, perhaps other creatives out there who aren't musically inclined, or or perhaps are in band and are in choir and and do that sort of stuff, but are also videographers and photographers and looking for jobs. How do the skills learned in working in music? and being part of music groups, how, how do you take those skills and, and bring them to an employer who you're not going to sing for, but, but you, 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 you made relationships, you, uh, grew, you, you had, you built all these soft skills up for this. How Sam, what do you, what do you think? I mean, I, I think you have a great, greater understanding of in t- exactly what you do because you're not going into a job that's going to really involve any mus- musical talent whatsoever probably right yeah fairly unlikely that it will demand much of me musically probably of of strictest relevance to other things i've done in a more straightforward way um just the ear training that you develop either either very intentionally or more passively through music and certainly i was never the technical expert on I mean, I can read music and all, but ask me to sight read and I'm slower than the next guy, but I relied on my ear a lot. And that's something that has, I'm sure, impacted my study and acquisition of language. Uh, I've studied Spanish throughout my academic career and being able to use that same sort of auditory skill really uh, helps to take in these new sounds and combinations, both from a standpoint of actually producing the language and having a fairly natural sound to it, or at least aspiring to that, uh, and also in terms of taking in 
listening to others speak and being able to comprehend and make sense of what's going on. Sure, you can do that even if you have no relation to music whatsoever, but I'm I'm fairly convinced that just the habit of, of listening so much through music also attunes you to the sort of habits that you can take advantage of in in other other learning environments that have that listening component like language mm-hmm. yeah and, and that's that's something that I, I anticipate making some I anticipate benefiting from going right. forward but besides that which is, which is fairly point-to-point connection there are a lot of other soft skills that you learn through just being in these musical ensembles be that a couple of people playing together or a whole great big band right the the communication verbal and nonverbal and the timing and patience and just interaction learning to interact with people in a new environment and and in new ways is something that you can adapt to a whole lot of situations and the more different ways you know how to interact effectively with other people and communicate in ways that are just varied but still understood that that stuff is always useful really As always, if you have any questions, topics, or feedback for us, you can email us at askwtd at gmail.com. But now, we also have something else to involve you in the show even more. Pretty soon, Nate and I will be starting a new segment where we'll be taking prompts from listeners. These could be writing prompts, genres to explore, stories from your life, or whatever else comes to mind. Then, we'll try to come up with how we'd bring your submission to life. So once again, that email is askwtd at gmail.com for any prompts that you have for us. Anyways, let's get back to it. So there may be a couple other things that, Sam, uh, you wanted to add about the soft skills. Uh, what else do you have on your mind? Yeah, this flitted in and out of my head earlier, but the very plainly put discipline that it takes to make music effectively either on your own or with others just that that time that you put in either giving it your your full attention in the rehearsal itself or practicing on your own and learning to keep yourself to that and push yourself to achieve and and develop musically to whatever extent you want to is is something that's pretty readily transferable to all sorts of other skills and, and possible applications. Right, right. Yeah, that's very important. And that's that's so true. Jacob, do you have those same experiences or, or do you have did you feel like the time you spent practicing helped you with other creative projects? Because what we really want to get to now is how does music mm-hmm. or music making impact our creative experiences? How can we relate music to the the work that we're doing, whether it's on a script or in video or anything like that? Yeah, it, it I, that definitely rings true for me. I mean, we had a a very profound man in our choir director, uh, <laughs> and and he was all about you know trying to to 
give us the tools to the giving us the tools to learn mm-hmm. best t- teaching us how to learn and now that, that's really true of i'd say that's true of our junior education as a whole that that's what mm-hmm. a lot of our professors really try to nail into us but but mm-hmm. our yeah. specifically in inquire we dealt a lot with planning your work and working your plan and and being selfless mm-hmm. instead of selfish and 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 mm-hmm. things like that and so yeah just the those minor things that that we would learn and try to incorporate in our music definitely did uh transfer over into other aspects of life and and especially uh projects and, and video and and content and stuff like that right yeah right. my middle school band director used to frequently remind us that i'm here to make you all better people and if we make yep. a little music along the way that's an added yep. bonus Yep. I think a lot of music music teachers and professors and people who, who teach music, I guess, they have that same mentality. I mean, it's so true, right? This is the biggest, most hardest working team you're going to be on, probably. Mm. Unless, you, of course, you're like a D1 athlete or something. But but still, like it's the, it's the same sort of stuff that we're talking about. So for me, we, we talked about the soft skills, but, but the actual mm. music making process, like when I was singing in the choir with you guys... I would take a break from all of the screen time. I would take a break from editing. I would take a break from all the schoolwork and go and practice some choir music or go sing some barbershop stuff or, or get together with a group of friends and go to the stairwell and, and just make some music. And, and maybe that didn't relate to any of the work I was doing. But I believe that just taking getting away from all that and doing music, which was so different, my, your brain just does different things with music mm-hmm. than than with other things that it, it, it I think that it Im- influenced my work outside of music. Like the music that we were making was influencing the editing that I was doing later, just because I had the time to take a deep breath and, and do this beautiful thing. Do you guys have that same experience? Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, for what this past year, I guess I sit here, I have a guitar right next to my desk and <laughs> just doing something tedious or if I'm writing part of a story and I'm just getting stuck and bogged down a little bit, you just set it aside for a second, even just fiddle around for five minutes. And it does just take your head to that different space, get different gears going mm-hmm. and refreshes you. I find. Yeah. What about you, Jacob? Yeah, absolutely. I, I had the, the same experience, you know, even if it wasn't, uh, practicing band or choir music explicitly i would just go to swigger to the the music building on our campus mm-hmm. and just jam out on piano or try transcribing something into MuseScore, uh which is a, a mm-hmm. music writing software uh that i use uh and just you know <laughs> fool around a little bit and, and just take a break uh and and similarly i was actually just thinking of uh I would spend late nights in academic buildings, uh, working, writing on things, uh, whether it was because it was a huge project or I was just procrastinating. So I had to stay up late to make up for that. Uh, (laughs) But if I needed a break, I would just go to Spotify or something and just take a walk around campus. Um, And that's actually how I ran into some of the music I ended up using on YMED. Uh, For example, the credit song. Uh, Distant High Life by Shane Mesa uh, was originally a an album that 
uh, that guy had written for a uh, video game that was just going to be made indie. It was a spiritual, spiritual successor to a Nintendo franchise that I enjoy called Earthbound. Uh, and they ended up rebranding. It's a whole thing. But he had this whole album that was going to be used <laughs> in uh, this game. And I was just listening to it. And I was walking around campus. And then uh, I was just like <laughs> getting chills just listening mm-hmm. to this song, Distant High Life, <laughs> as I was walking down campus. Uh, and then yep, I thought, yep. and then I, I just envisioned, you know, the hard cut to credits, uh, mm-hmm. to the beats of mm-hmm. the song. And, uh, it was just like this experience at, at 1am, you know, uh, yeah. under the lamppost and it was just kind of this, this yeah. <laughs> beautiful scenic thing. Uh, yeah, those, you know, smaller moments of just taking a break to, to step away, uh, and using music as, as that escapism, uh, definitely helped refresh and, and give me new perspective on things. Right. I I knew mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't the only person who envisioned <laughs> my creative shots and create and, and and the building of a story with just music in the background. <laughs> in the in a couple previous podcasts I talked about my my time in Germany where I would just put the ear earbuds in and I would listen to this music and I would just envision what what kind of video I would build around. And you did exactly that. And I'm so happy that you brought that up because you didn't bring it up back then and you made me sound like I was a crazy, crazy person. <laughs> what? No. But uh, this is good. How this dare good. you? I was just being supportive of your specific <laughs> stories. How dare you try oh, to drag uh, me through you, the thank mud? You, thank you, thank you, thank <laughs> you. I, 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 uh, it's real though, right? It's real. When, when you oh, totally. find the right piece of music or you're creating the right piece of music and you get that tingly feeling, I don't know what that is, but it is something worldly it is something so different out of body experience i don't know it's just so special and and music music does that right and it does there's i think there's a, a pretty inextricable tying up of music and stories and yes oh yeah oh yeah i i find that a lot of the songs that i like best and find myself singing or playing or what have you just run through my head unbidden are are those that have a story behind them and you revel as much in the imagining and bringing to life of that story be it in in the words themselves and also in the tune along with it and it it, it's it's spectacular and just captivating and that's Mm -hmm. there are some of the stories that I mess around with writing. You just sometimes, I'm very much so when I'm writing those, I'm, I'm taking down the images in my head, putting them onto paper. And, and along with that does, as, as you've said, come a certain bit of, Oh, and this is exactly how that should be sounding. And it's, it's just all wrapped up in this wonderful combination. Nice. Yeah, well, so, Sam, I don't want to take away the fact that uh, our, our next our next talking point, what we're interested in, 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 in also discovering is sort of, we have it written down as the perspective of not being an artist. Now, I don't want to take away the fact that not calling yourself an artist. I mean, what we're trying to get here is that Jacob and I both distinguish ourselves as creatives who work in the film uh, and video uh, workspace, right? That's what we do. Yeah. And that's not what you do necessarily. 
Right. And I, and I know you're a musician and I know that you, you do other sorts of art, but what, what I'm interested in is how does music play a role in your life outside of your work? Cause music for Jacob and I may do something different for our creative work right. that may, you may not experience. Yeah. yeah. You're totally right. Music for me has, has pretty much always and strictly been aside from any sort of work that I've done, be it academic or whatever degree of professionality I've approximated over my time. None of that has had to do strictly with music in any way. So for me, music has just been a sort of constant accompaniment to the other things I do. I don't I, I it starts to bother me if I haven't picked up a musical instrument in a day or two and just tried to do something with it. There's some innate need to produce those sounds and, and hear them. And I, I don't really know how to describe it, but it's it, it's very much similar, I think, to running around doing athletic stuff. Like I, I've uh-huh. grown up riding my bike all the time. And after a certain amount of time not doing that, you feel, I got to do that. And why? Who knows? But it just feels like that's the thing I want to do. That's going to put my mind at, at rest a little bit and let me just take a break from whatever the non-related work it is that I'm doing. I can turn to music as just a relaxed, purely, purely whatever I make of it experience to just explore and mess about with. And yeah, I don't know. It's, I, I've always, even when playing in, band and stuff I only ever really pushed myself as far as I was interested in going like if if there was a song I wanted to be able to play because I liked the song that would make me practice enough to do it and that's been this that's why I've picked up a guitar because that sounds like it'd be fun to try to make music with and it just pushes me to explore and recreate these sounds that I've heard that I enjoy so much and Mm-hmm. There's a bit of a fun challenge to it and a bit of just, I, I find, sorry to ramble on at length here, but I find more and more, as much as I listen to any music, it is uh-huh. more often the case that I am playing it. Wow. And yeah. I, I so you are yeah. the, when it comes to music and probably other parts of your life, you, you have your intrinsic motivation. I mean, you don't need somebody else to say, are you practicing or, or are you doing anything? You just... You pick it up. You have the urge, and you pick it up, and you do it to your best of your ability. Yeah, that's that's generally the way it goes. I, yeah, there's just some intrinsic drive to it, yeah. and that that only ever really gets me so far. I'm not the most spectacular musician out there, but I I have learned to be able to figure out enough to satisfy that interest, and right. so it goes. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool. So, so what are your goals in terms of music going forward? Uh, are you just trying to, to gain that understanding of, of music and different instruments just more and more as you go along, just to, to keep that, that passion in you, or are you trying to, to build up to perform in something someday? That's a good question. Um, my answer in short is yes, which is not helpful, but I'll expand on that in that it's kind of a mix of both. Like uh, several years ago, 2014 maybe, my family and I were over on a little bicycling vacation in Ireland and my brother and I got a chance to play in a pub and 
I was messing around on a, a tin whistle and I realized there that crap, I know like three or four of these songs and that's cool. And I like listening to them and playing them, but I want to know more. And so then I went back and listened to loads and loads and loads of Irish music and just was like, okay, I'm going to figure out this one and that one and that one. And that, that drove me to become more proficient in, in whistles. And that in turn, once I figured that out, as much as I was interested in doing it, I've taken a couple songs and really perfected those. And like I did, I played one of those for the Fulbright talent show. I worked it up till it was really good and played that. But hmm. then I, then I got interested in guitar because there's another sound that would be cool to go along with all that. And I'm no great guitarist, but I can, I can now play some songs on there that sound cool to me and I like them. And that's pushed me to the mandolin a little bit recently. And it just, so yeah, more, more so that exploration and incorporation of new sounds more so than the performance orientation. But occasionally I'll find a piece that's, really neat and I really want to I'll sit there and just play it and play it and play it and listen to it until I get it by ear and can really hit it note for note and that's also an exciting and fun challenge of it all but that's more rare than just the sound production angle I guess and not to mention Sam you're the type of person that will be able to and will always carry around a tin whistle in your pocket just in oh, case. absolutely just in case <laughs> Yeah, and that, that's the great thing about, about finding other people who can just, wherever you are, if there's an instrument at hand, you pick some up and just start playing around and see what you come up with, and maybe it's crap, maybe you come across something fun and run with whatever you figure out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When I when I played the bagpipes, I didn't run into that often. I People didn't have, people didn't have bagpipes laying around, so, uh, you know, yeah. friends would jam out with guitars and stuff <laughs> in the corner, and uh, I just I felt left out. Yeah. I didn't have my noisemakers. That is a bummer, but that that is also, Jacob, to your point, one of my definite musical goals is to acquire a set of bagpipes and mm. really learn those. Well, I'll, le- I'll leave you on this, uh, and that is, I think I've, I've told my friend group this before, but my progression of musical instruments uh, starts at an early age, and, I, and it, it involves the bagpipes, of course. So the first instrument that I played was the snare drum because it was very loud, and all you had to do was hit it. The second <laughs> instrument the second instrument I played was, uh, well, I guess the first was like the recorder, but that wasn't loud enough. So then, then goes the snare drum. Mm. Then comes the bagpipes. So I was going to think fifth grade, fifth yeah, and sixth yeah. grade. Bagpipes, that was the loudest instrument possible. Like, it would really annoy my sisters. It was perfect. <laughs> and then, of course, I had to graduate from the bagpipes to something else that would be a little more, let's say, school appropriate. So I okay, picked up the okay. trumpet, right? The trumpet was the next loudest instrument where I could be as loud and and uh, and 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 play better than the next trumpet player next to me, right? Always, always louder and higher and and faster than the other trumpet players. So um, <laughs> that was the progression of the instruments. What what could be the yeah. loudest instrument that would annoy the most people? And that was that's my that's my little my little progression of instrument story. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah, we can of course defend the virtues of each of those instruments independent of the volume but that is an entertaining <laughs> progression <laughs> yes yes of course of course of course all right well uh, thank you for joining us for that for this topic sam honestly i think we've only scratched the surface so 
I, I, th- I think there is definitely a lot of room to, to keep going. But for now, uh, let's mm-hmm. do some definitely not procrastinating. Uh, Sam, do you have anything for us? Yeah, I do. I've uh, this lovely month of May, I decided I would commit to riding my bicycle 31 miles on each of May's 31 days, which that oh. is. <laughs> Wait, yeah, hold on. What? For, for the hell of it. Oh, I, yeah, but no way. This is what? such a Sam uh, Worley thing. Are you kidding me? It is. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Just to be clear, thirty-one yeah. miles every single day. Yeah, that's that's the plan. So far, so good. Not like one on the first, two on the second. No, 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 no. That that's how I would do it. <laughs> Build up to it. Yeah, no, thirty-one each day, and that. For me, it kind of is fulfilling a similar function to music, actually, in that you get out there. I I prefer road biking, though mountain biking is enjoyable, too. But you get out there on the road and... Your body hurts. Your body does hurt, and it does hurt more the next day, but... uh, (laughs) And then you have 31 miles to do, so, you know, like that. But the, the point, the enjoyable part of it is that you get to set aside everything else. And you have, and you pay attention to stuff going on around you enough to not hit a car or anything. But aside from that, it is a time that I really enjoy for being able to send my mind wherever I like and not worry about what else is going on. And it's just you in the road and that freedom from worry and concerns and deadlines and everything else just gets set aside for two hours. and. Hmm. You're good to go. Oh, and I thought I thought you were going to say the most enjoyable part was the month of June. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get back to you on that. You may be right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That makes so much sense. I love wow, it. Wow, that's uh, I would never. Sam, that. you're a yeah. madman. <laughs> mad I you may be correct there. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, mine's mine's short and short and quick. So I'll, I'll just bring this up. Jacob Novak, uh, a couple of shows ago, you you said that you're definitely not procrastinating or you said a show that I should watch was the Ted Lasso show on Apple TV. Well, I got the free subscription and I started watching it and I watched several episodes today and it's, it's heartwarming. It's a, it's a wonderful show. Probably not one you want to watch with young children, but (laughs) uh, very funny, heartwarming. And and I'm looking forward to uh, continuing to watch that show. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I I saw that text. Nate texted me this afternoon saying I'm watching Ted Lasso period. And that was it. And I just got so excited. I was like, finally someone It was, it was the feeling I got when I learned that uh, some of my friends had started watching Barry. Right. 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 After years, but it took much less time this go around. That's exciting. I'm excited to to hear your thoughts once you finish it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to grow out my mustache. too. (laughs) New Halloween costume. That's right. That's right. All right. Well, for me, uh, it was it was tough this week. Honestly, I did not have a lot of time to definitely not procrastinate. It was a busy and and honestly stressful week. Uh, there's a lot going on, but on my drives home, I st- I'm putting together a a Spotify playlist called Broadway Bops, uh, and it's basically just all the songs from musicals that I love that I can just sing along to in the car. Oh, uh, nice. and. It's been good for like when I'm driving home late at night, uh, for something, uh, just to kind of 
you know, cool down from the stresses of that day. Uh But specifically what's been driving me is uh, some of the songs I have in there from La La Land. So my specific (laughs) shout out is La La Land today, the movie starring Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone directed by Damien Chazelle, all three great and and lovely and talented people. Um, I like, it's already one of my probably top 10 movies. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the general consensus is, I mean, I think people like it, but for me, it's just, it's really up there. I think it's just a very natural musical as opposed to, you know, uh, these huge Broadway set pieces. It it just all feels real and lived in and the performances and the music Mm -hmm. feel very natural. Uh, And it's, it's something that I I really gravitate towards. And yeah, I think, I think it's really well done. So that's just been kind of helping ease my spirits uh, at the end of a long day. Uh, so shout out to La La Land, the movie, and the soundtrack. So that's what I got this week. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. yeah. All right, Sam. Uh, this next segment, we talk about where people can find you. Uh, I'm not sure if you have any social media or anything like that, but uh, you can even give us an email. What the hell? Where, where can the where can the people find you, Sam? Yeah. Uh, as I believe previous guest Jacob Latour pointed out, you can find me some places. The likelihood of me checking them much is somewhat slim, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm on Facebook as Sam Worley, and I've got samworley at gmail dot com. If you have any burning questions, and what's your e- what free. is your um your your mailing address? My no, mailing I'm only address. Joking. Yes, well, <laughs> <laughs> Sam will write you back if you write him. Uh, but that's a that's a different what, story. You what's can, your biking route so that people can drive by and, and cheer go. you on? <laughs> yeah, so that's a good one. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm on Twitter, of course, Nate Ulrich sixteen. Uh, what about you, Jacob? I am at Jacob Yesvac. Boom. Still feels good yeah. to say. Sam, once again, thank you so much for joining us. I hope we can have you again on soon. Absolutely. It's been great talking to you guys for sure. Thanks for listening. Write That Down is produced by Nate Ulrich and Jacob Novak. Music for this podcast includes Answered by Ketza and Dream 13 by Punch Deck. You can find links to both artists in the description for this episode. If you'd like to be part of the show, you can email your questions or topic suggestions to askwtd at gmail.com. Once again, that's askwtd at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.